Voila, you xylophonic xylophones. Well, yeah, yeah. why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, welcome back to Cinejouse. This is episode 10, where we're going to be talking about the classic Christmas movie, Home Alone. <laughs> I swear that's that Emmerdale theme song. Lovely. Kevin! <laughs> uh, as always, I'm Sam Donnelly, joined here by the indie fiend Callum Simpson. Glad tidings from me and mine to you and yours. Aww. And Hagrid's love child romantic, Brad Headley. Hagrid's my daddy. <laughs> oh, God, that's disgusting. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, yeah, um, <laughs> let's get into it. Uh have you got any, uh, Callum, have you got any news for us? News? Well, um... I think you showed us a synopsis of a movie that we got particularly interested in. Which was that? It's the one with the cars. And... Oh, the ca- lesbian cars? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what it's about. I'll try and find the synopsis again. Yeah. But basically, cars... Yeah. Uh, homosexual cars... So maybe, like, the P- Pixar thing, but a more... Uh, sexual orientated version I can only assume mm. oh that's perfect it's my favourite type I hope mate is in it who's your old mate mater oh the car I'm, cars. I'm like toe mater without the toe <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah uh, Brad how are you doing today I'm alright Sam how are you I'm doing jolly um, it's nice we're, we're I mean we're well and truly into uh, on, on route to Christmas right now. Yeah, we yeah. are. Yeah. Holidays are coming. Yeah, it's, hence the jingle bells. It's our second Christmas special. We're into the Home Alone season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. Christmas it, is coming up. Santa's coming up. Santa's coming into your house and he's going to give you gifts. Gifts. If you still believe in that crap. Uh, Unlike that poor child who I ruined Christmas for. And if you don't believe in it, but Santa still appears and demands that you uh, fillet him, I think it's time. To go to the authorities because <laughs> probably your father. <laughs> and I think it's time at this point. I know it's a festive season, you don't want to split the family up and you don't want to traumatise your mother. But it's probably best to understand that he is indeed a sexual predator. And for your safety and everyone around you, it's best to get him locked up for Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas from Cine Joseph. Because incest is illegal. Oh, no matter how fun you might find it, you can't do it. Thanks for the, cl- thanks for clearing that up for us. <laughs> um, Dear God. But yeah, um, it's 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 been a bit of a weird couple of weeks recently, mm. for, like for us in particular. Hectic, hectic. It's um, been a mess. I think we'd probably agree when we say we've been seeing too much of each other. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Might as well just live together at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last episode we recorded. I fell asleep during the editing process. <laughs> That's how horrific it's been. Yeah. I've got the energy of an eight-year-old man. <laughs> I thought you said an eight-year-old man. That's exactly what I said. I thought you said eight-year-old, then That's you said what man. Said. Oh, 80, was... 80, 80, oh, 80, 80. Eyes down for full house. <laughs> eight zero, Callum Simpson. Oh, bless you. Um, Little old Callum. But yeah, I mean, given that we don't have, really have that much in, rela- in related to news, should we just start Dive talking in. about the movie? Yeah, yeah. Why not? All right, so Home Alone is it like i said a, a christmas classic this time of year it's always like up there in like top 10 of best christmas movies ever every list that they do every year in spanish yeah casa nobody 
Wow. <laughs> it's, not, it's not accurate, by the way. Sydney Joe's Spanish, Spanish speaking lessons. listeners, I hope you're not too confused. Yeah. Anyway, back to you, Sam. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this movie is kind of like um, it's it's very uh, very popular, very popular. Yeah. Um, like it's uh, but almost to an like to an insane degree, but almost to a point where I'm thinking maybe it does kind of deserve the reputation that it has. I think so. Um, I th- yeah, sorry, I was just basically agree. First time I've seen it. Yeah, which is. I, I, it's a weird one because I don't know if this is going to make sense or if it doesn't. I do apologise. Mm. I don't understand how I've not seen it. Yeah. We don't understand how you've not seen it. Like even the viewers don't, un- the listeners, sorry, yeah. don't understand how you've it, not seen it. That's a weird one because it just seems. If I think you said it in last week's episode, you're surprised I haven't seen it. Oh no, sorry. You think I will enjoy it because mm. it's right up my alley, and it is actually. Yeah. It's, it's quite good. It's entertaining. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, it's kind. I don't know how much. You you could get out of being like a nineteen years old yeah. Yeah. watching it with twenty two twenty year olds <laughs> who had seen it since they were kids. Like yeah. I mean, you old timers. I mean, it's certainly not the most uh, festive atmosphere to mm. to watch it. Um, I mean, never. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I, uh, like uh, and I, I'm glad you did. Yeah, because um, I went in and honestly, I didn't even know what the plot was. I, I didn't fully understand. That's what cra- the film. I don't know how you can go that much of your life, yeah. especially in this modern day and age with social media mm. and all of these things around you, and you you don't even know what Home Alone is about. It's crazy. Cause, yeah. Um, <coughs> the only part that I did know was about the cars when they slip on the cars. Yeah. That's referenced in another one of my favorite Christmas films, The Night Before. The Seth Rogen stoner comedy mm-hmm. when Anthony Mackie slips on some cars and he's like, oh, she home alone me. That's all I knew. Again. <laughs> it's, uh, Quite the comparison. It's, it, I mean, like, I, I usually uh, go on the assumption that you've lived a sheltered life, but the fact that you've, that the first thing that you've learned from Home Alone was from a Seth Rogen stoner comedy that, like, let's be honest, not many people have seen. Nah. <laughs> it's just very obscure. Yeah. You're a very obscure man. Yeah, I'm an obs- obscure man. That's a nice way to describe me. Yeah, it's me wrapped up in a little present. <laughs> wow, <laughs> a little little string. Yeah, around the foreskin. <laughs> uh, Sam, DIY how many times? What was that? That's a DIY circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> Tie it to the doorknob and kick the fucker in. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, yup. Uh, over the course of your twenty years, of course, both of us younger than mm. the actual film itself. Yeah. How many times would you say you've seen Home Alone number one? Oh, um, well, I've definitely seen it like I've, I've definitely seen it at least once every year since the first time I saw it, which mm. was when I was about nine years old or something like that. Um, but I'd, I'd, I wouldn't say I've seen it. I'd say I've probably seen it more than 11 times. Um, wow. Yeah. Are we? Well, this is well, what but- happens when you when you have like when you have a big family like, mm. around Christmas. They're like they're, we're bored. We're like, oh, should we watch one Christmas movie every day in December? I'm like, hell yeah, let's do that. Let's build up to it. Um, and yeah, naturally, Home Alone's going to be on that list. Like I said, it's like top ten like every mm-hmm. year when when uh, social media tends to do these lists. Who's like, this survey says that you know Home Alone is the seventh best Christmas movie ever or something like that. It's very festive, though, isn't it? It's very festive. How many times have you seen it, Callum? Just out of curiosity. Um, I, I mean, I could never put an exact number on it, but I'd say it's around. The same ten, tenish. Wow, yeah. And this was my first. Yeah, it's a, it, Things like that become more than just a film. Mm. They, be, they become a, 
a cultural institution. It, yeah. And a point of pop culture reference. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, after I after I first watched it, I mean, obviously, like I said, I was young, but like after I watched it, like in the years since then, I've noticed like how how culturally impactful this movie mm. actually was, um, and still is to this day. To be honest, I mean, yeah. you think about like how it's still popular. Like I said, people still watch it to this day because they have the excuse of oh, it's Christmas. It's like I think the way you can judge things like that, like for instance, it's when people reference it in everyday life and everyone gets it, obviously except Brad Headley because he's <laughs> never seen Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> but for example, if you picked like a obscure indie film from my corner. And uh, you know you seen you seen a woman screaming on the floor, and then I walked over and went, oh, "Look like Jennifer Lawrence, oh, mother is." <laughs> People would just look at you and be like, "What?" <laughs> but you see like a little fat man with a big tall skinny man walking down the road, with little hats on in the winter. You go, oh, "Look, it's Harry and Marv from Home Alone." Yeah, and everyone's like, "Ah, yeah." <laughs> That's uh, a really good example, actually. Jesus. Yeah. Really good. I mean, like. I mean, how many times did you, uh, like, you know, put aftershave on your yeah, on your cheeks it, yeah. and go, ah! Iconic. Yeah. I mean, so, I think, oh, um, yeah, like, I mean, getting into Macaulay Culkin, I mean, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him a bit more in depth um, later on, but, like, talking about his performance, like, I've noticed that over the years that his, um, his performance is not, it's not great, but at the same time, it's just charming. He, he's like a little man, yeah, in a, like a like a man in a, in a little body. Like the way he walks, the way he dresses, it's just really odd. Yeah, but I don't know. He, he's all right for a child actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't do much now. I mean, he I mean he blew up after this movie yeah. came out. Like I mean, I, and I think it's safe to say he probably did get a bit of an ego on him. Mm. Uh, I mean, fair play to you. Um, I mean, but like even looking in the uh, into the second Home Alone that he's in, he he doesn't he. Like he definitely d- he feels like he's too big for it at this point. Yeah, Because yeah. um, then he went on to do like loads of other, like, I think he probably made about eight things as a kid, mm-hmm. and then he sort of fell off the face of the earth, and then he had like a big breakdown, didn't he? And he went like yeah. crazy, and then and he made, sort made, of then he made a resurgence on the compare the compare the meerkat advert. He's like, yeah. hey, it's me, Macaulay, and he was like, holy shit, he, looks he made so good. A, a third Home Alone actually on YouTube. He as did. an adult. Yeah. yeah. It was only about ten minutes long, but it's, it was quite funny actually. Yeah, I it was like it was um, all of the experiences as a child really messed him up. So then, like, I think he tried to he kidnapped someone in mm. this little thing, and he but he was like referencing Home Alone. He's like, I'm gonna stick a spike in your foot. It was, it was quite funny. Yeah, give it a watch. It's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like getting into the like the 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 way that this movie is written, like they really did like go out of their way to make sure. Like we we were saying when we were watching the movie, they made sure that every angle was covered as to you know explaining how you could possibly lose a child yeah, when you move into another um, country. For this time, it's probably the first time I've watched Home Alone, the first one in about two or three years, and you didn't. I didn't really pay that much attention, and it's the sort of film that you go into because it's just something you watch. It's not really... And when, like, as I said, when films get to the point where they're more than just a film mm-hmm. and they're like a cultural thing, yeah, you do, you tend not to like dissect it as much. You just take it for what it is. Yeah. yeah. But they, like you said, like when you, you take it all in, they do really cover all the, all the uh, bases. So there was uh, two buses to take them all to the airport. They slept in, first of all, so mm-hmm. automatically they're in a rush. And the phone lines were down. Phone lines are all down. They made a point of that. Uh, the neighbor neighbor's kid comes in and causes havoc. And he gets counted as as Kevin, Kevin, because he's they've got the little same hat. Uh-huh. Um, Kevin got sent to the attic yeah. the night before, 
and they said they'd send Biff up. Or was it Biff? Well, that's Back to the Future. Oh, um, Buzz. Was no, it it's, it's, it's Buzz. Buzz. Yeah. Yeah. It was him. With the, oh, it was going to be Fuller. It, yeah, it was Fuller. The, Fuller like, his, his brother, like Macaulay Culkin's brother. brother yeah. But he's actually supposed to be playing his cousin. Cousin. For some reason. Because Fuller pisses the bed. But yeah, do you not think Buzz and Biff from Back to the Future look like the same person? But not really. But no, they do. That, I mean, they definitely strike the same character archetype mm. that came about that time of uh, like cinema. Fuck I can't make, kids. I yeah. can't make a comment on it because I've not seen Back to the Future. He hasn't seen Back to the Future oh, either. God. What is this? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, but I'll be honest with you. Like watching this movie uh, last night, mm. um, I found a lot of inconsistent. Well, not really inconsistencies, but just like a, a lot of. Well, this is very um, convenient uh, mm. during the pizza scene. So, we're, like at the start of the movie, yeah. And the implication is that Biff ate an entire pizza. It was fuller, wasn't it? I think. No, no, it was. Oh no, Buzz. Buzz. Biff, Back to the Future. Biff, Buzz. Ba- one. Uh, it's like Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, Buzz. Like it's um, shown in the movie that he has eaten all of Kevin's pizza, mm. but the pizza was only in the kitchen for about two minutes. Yeah, and he, yeah. The, he was a big lad. He was a big lad, but like, come on, devoured it. He yeah, yeah. demolished big, big it. Big pizza as well. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that like, I mean like, ah, oh, the fact that like, you've got there's only one like plain cheese pizza that was ordered in mm. that entire thing where everybody else is ordering like sausage and olives that just really goes goes to show just how un lower class this family is yeah and also i don't know like i mean who why do you only order one like i mean there were like at least 12 pizzas in that and they're all like the implication is that they all, they all had like sausages and olives and shit like that maybe that's a, a commentary to add to the fact that um kevin is the outcast of the family. Mm. So they only bought the one plain pizza for the plain little guy who no one really gives a fuck about. Yeah. And they left him home anyway. But it really brought the family closer together, didn't it? Yeah. Until the second one when they leave him again. I mean, they really... It, uh, I mean, there there are problems that I have with... Not necessarily the... Um, not necessarily the movie itself, but just the way that the characters like are portrayed. Mm. Is Like, you know, he... Like, Really, the mum only starts to, like, actually give a shit about Kevin when she realises that she left him in another country. Yeah. And, like, it, she's like, oh, no, I'm not leaving this airport until I can get a plane to get home to my son. Let's be honest. It's all out of guilt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not because uh, you're not concerned for his safety. You just don't want anything to happen to him while you have re- royally fucked up. It's quite an interesting angle to go for, really, especially in a Christmas film where for the first, like, half an hour... It's made that all of this kid's family don't even like him, mm. and the only thing that makes him like him is the thought he might die. So like, oh, yeah, hang on, <laughs> like you know, yeah. And then when when they come when they all get reunited at the end, it's all like, oh, Kevin, we like you and yeah. all that stuff. No, you hated me when you left. Hey, pretty cool job, Kev. Like, Kevin, what did you do to my room? <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the whole family dynamic. I mean, to be honest, with you, like, I mean, it's been said. Like, I mean, let's be honest. It's been said in like countless videos and essays and stuff like that about this movie since. But they never explain what the parents do in order to be yeah. able to afford that house and be able to afford like a a family trip for extended family to to Paris. Yeah, because that house is about the size of three normal houses put together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you imagine like if that movie. If that movie was set in, like, say, like Newcastle or something yeah. like that, with like, with like a, like, 
let's say a bungalow mm. I don't think Kevin would be that enthusiastic about being left home alone yeah no. I think yeah. maybe they made they made it so the house was that big just for all of the traps and stuff to, mm-hmm. to have more impact and more options I suppose yeah, yeah. but yeah, like the pizzas, they spent $122 and mm-hmm. give them like a $50 tip as well. Like, yeah. Who the fuck would do that? I mean, they leave, they make him wait for like 15 minutes before. Yeah. Like they're, they're already eat. they're like halfway through yeah. eating it by the time you get the guy gets paid. Like, I mean, you can get away with that here. And then Joe Pesci shows up right at the beginning, dressed as a police officer. And of course, as I imagine everyone knows, I don't care if it spoils anything for you. <laughs> he is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duh. We're the wet bandits. W E. Shut up, Marv. Um, <laughs> shut up, Marv. Yeah, so he shows up right at the beginning in full head to toe Chicago police paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Where would a criminal get the authentic police uniform? Maybe he just stole it from another house. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's it. I mean, but that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> I think you'd know if your police uniform went missing as a police officer, though. Yeah, and it was a perfect fit. Yeah. I think well, you don't. You can't think about that kind of stuff in a movie because mm. it's never. You, you can't because it's tailor made for Joe Pesci. Well, yeah. For... <clears throat> yeah, bit strange. Um, yeah. So, um, but, but just don't look it into it that deep. You know, it's a kids' film. It's yeah. a kids' film. You know, it's not um, made for adults. Um, well, I mean, it is. But <coughs> bless you. Oh, coffee, idiot. Oh, cough. Never mind. It's a cough, not a sneeze. Sorry. Um, conspiracy theory. Oh. <laughs> All right, yeah, get into it. This is this. Uh, I mean, I'd never heard of this before, and this was mind-boggling you mean, for me. Never heard of the film before, Brad. <laughs> yeah, fair um, My dad's in the film. The scene in which Kevin's mum is in the airport waiting to go home, but she's got back to America, but she's nowhere near sweet, sweet Chicago. Nowhere near Chicago, Chi Town, Chicago. Um, and John Candy's there with his polka band, polka, polka, polka. polka, polka. polka. Christmas polka, you know, polka, polka, polka. Um, so she stood at the desk trying to, she's kicking off, trying to get home, obviously, as a mother would, a good mother, but a good mother wouldn't leave the kid, but I digress. Yeah, let's <laughs> um, get into that. So John Candy's in the background with his band as she's shouting, and then, so John Candy's to the left, and then to the right, there's just this one man, there's like, there's extras kicking about, but there's this one man, really, really prominent in the frame, like just to the background, and he's like, he takes up like a good quarter of the frame doesn't he really sure. and fat guy beard quiff 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 important. because many people believe this man to be elvis presley yeah and bear in mind this movie was made after his death so about 20 years after i mean when you look at him it does actually look i'm of course it i'm does. not saying i believe it i i i i Maybe believe Elvis is dead, but I can see you. Maybe believe Elvis is dead. Yeah, Elvis isn't dead because there's the whole that's gotten for girls. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I think like it it could be anything. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like he could be dead. He could be alive. I I don't know. Nor do I really care. Um, I'll put it in the grid. This week's grid on Instagram. If you don't know what the grid is, fucking get us on Instagram. Get do your fucking research, you pack of bitches. <laughs> Put a grid on Instagram every week that explains what's going to be in the episode. It acts as a visual aid, not visual aids, because that'd probably mean you need your eyes amputated. <laughs> <laughs> it's a visual aid. It's like a little bingo for everyone to uh, join in on the things we're talking about. If you need some prompts as to what things look like, so I'll put the the fake Elvis in there for everyone to peruse. Which should, it'll be there right now as you're listening. Get yourself an Instagram at Cinejouse and find little Elvis and tell us what you think. 
Yeah. But I, I think it could be. I don't know. I even think there's a lot of theories about Elvis still being alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was probably the most famous man ever when he was alive. And I could imagine getting quite sick of all of that fame. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for him to just want to, like, wipe himself off the face of the earth. And then the fact he died on the toilet's quite funny, isn't it? So you'd, you'd shot that out there. Yeah. It's so ridiculous it couldn't be true, but it but is true. Because I've mentioned on the podcast that my mum's, like, a proper diehard fan as well. Oh, he I didn't die on the toilet. He died no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm not going to talk about that. Did you say but diehard? No. <laughs> Ooh, not die. a Christmas film. Um... um Oh fuck! I've lost my train of thought. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. sorry. Right, my, yeah, my mum being a big fan of Elvis, I've brought up to her, like, what do you think Elvis is still alive? And she truly believes, like, nah, he's dead. Like, he wouldn't do. Elvis isn't the type of person to fake his death for all these fans. <laughs> oh god! I mean, not many people are. Let's be honest. I mean, I feel like uh, what fans of Elvis? No, no, no. Um, would uh, like fake their own death? I mean, I mean I, everyone I'm... thinks Tupac did it. I mean, as well as another one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, the I, canoe man. I remember man? the canoe yeah. man. Yeah, and Seaton Carew near Hartlepool. He um, faked his own death for an insurance scam, rode his canoe out into the sea, never to return. But he was, in fact, living next door to his wife, and he entered the house through a hole in the wardrobe like Narnia. Wow. And even his kids thought he was dead for it. It was like five five or ten Something years. Something like that. A really long I'm, time. I, I, thought, I, I thought he was living in, in, that, in the attic and his and his wife was like, you know, giving food every now no, and then. No, the, with the insurance money, they bought the house next door and uh-huh. cut a hole in the wall. So that was his house. But they kept like scaffolding and boards on the windows. So obviously it looked like it was just empty and run down. But he yeah. was full on living in the other house. Yeah. That's insane. And then they ran away to Panama after about five or six years. I don't know how long it was. Yeah. And that was when it all came crumbling down for him because um, they got a photo together with the Prime Minister of Panama and <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and it like, I, I don't know how the police over here got hold of it, but they're seeing it. Isn't that, that man who's dead and his wife who's been crying saying, where's my husband? Yeah. So they went over to Panama and went, you all right, John? <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, you all right, lads. What are you doing here? And he was like, oh, my canoe, I survived, I suppose, isn't it? And he tried to, uh, plead that he had dementia mm. and like he didn't remember anything and then they tested him 100% healthy sent him to jail <laughs> yeah I mean like is he still in jail now I no don't he's know. out now yeah. but like yeah I mean like you can't claim dementia when you've gone to Panama with your wife who <laughs> as far as work, everybody else was concerned thought you were dead for a long time like yeah. you can't really plan that kind of stuff that's she funny. went to jail as well that's, yeah. a, that's absolutely hilarious. Like I've not heard of this before. What a story though. Quality. Yeah, that's like I remember. Like that 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 news story came out like years ago. Years ago, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm surprised I remembered it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So Elvis, if you're listening, uh-huh. um, uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, fan of your work. There's also the theory is the caretaker in um, Graceland. Graceland. Yeah, I've heard which, that one. Which weirdly, right? These sort of link together because the caretaker in Graceland is about 80. Mm-hmm. He's fully grey, mm-hmm. but he also looks like the guy from Home Alone. He's, he's like a bit fatter. He's got a big full beard and still got the little quiff. Mm-hmm. So it literally, it's weird because that I could mean, be the same if, person. If you were Elvis and you wanted to fake your own death, you'd get rid of the quiff. Like, that's, yeah. It's your, <laughs> it's your most defining like feature. Fi- like, 
feature. But like, yeah. he's, if that is Elvis, he's doubled himself in weight, hasn't he? So mm. maybe that's. But you, get, you can still see his handsome little looks underneath yeah. all that chub. Maybe he could be. Maybe he's like, uh, well, uh, this is how I'm going to get the job at Graceland because he'd be like, oh well, I mean, this guy take it that kind of looks like Elvis. Little do they know, mm. it actually is. It's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. I think he could be alive. Oh, he was. Maybe uh, he's dead anyway now. He probably is dead by yeah. now. Um, but maybe he's still out there. Yeah. Chilling in his pool, having a drink, and loving life. This has turned into like Priscilla. an episode of Serial or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we're all just like, we're now a conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah. Fuck uh, the films. <laughs> we talk about conspiracies. So, Madeline McCann, toys come still to alive. Chuck E. Cheese pizzas, do they use different slices? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, I just said Madeleine McCann earlier, so like, we should probably cut that bit. One so. I genuine, genuinely believe, Mark Zuckerberg's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> He's not human, of is he? Of course he do. He's got no lips. He looks like something that's been manufactured in a like a milk factory. <laughs> He's just, like, I, I implore you, I'll put him in the grid as well, right? His face and his head just doesn't look real. Like, I just, he's not, he's genetically modified and genetically engineered. And they've made him the owner of this big corporation, like Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Mm. And it, he's run and controlled by the government, much like the pigeons are. <laughs> ah, Pally the Platypus. Exactly. <laughs> and he's there as a front for the government to launder money, and Facebook is there as a front mm. for the world's governing bodies to spy on you and know all of your personal details. Hmm, interesting. I, I mean, don't gen. I don't actually believe all that, but but it was just in character. But it could be true. It could be. It could actually be true. I mean, you think about. I mean, I mean, how many times have you had like a conversation um, <clears throat> about the most, maybe the most random shit, and then you check your phone and Facebook has a notification of something that is very similar to along the lines. Oh, of like what an you were talking about. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So. Look up Oak. What aren't you? Yeah. And everyone start talking <coughs> about Cinejo's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another, <laughs> another conspiracy theory. I do believe that the moon landing was faked. Ooh. Oh, I, 100% I do, yeah. Who was it that people believe directed it? Is it Stanley, Stanley Kubrick? Kubrick? Yeah, because yeah. he did 2001 beforehand. Um, the there's a, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about it, but one of the ones I've seen is there's like, like literally one frame mm-hmm. where the camera just slips a little too high and you can see bricks. I mean, like, if you think about it, he's not, like... All right, so, like, in the whole context of, you know, Neil Armstrong and stuff like that, he's supposed to be the first man on the moon. Mm. Well, he's not going to be the first man on the moon if the guy with the camera is going to get out of the, the exactly. ship first. Nobody's wow. ever said that. That's f- oh, fuck, shit, you've blown my little mind. You probably mind. couldn't, like, throw the camera with, like, the bouncy atmosphere that it's got. No, it and it'd blow. land perfectly. That It was, like, a good shot as it well. Was, it was well-compositioned yeah. and yeah. stuff like, like that. You had, like, the little entrance hatch just in the corner, and then you had enough space to see Neil Armstrong strong bounce across the moon. Was mm-hmm. there not also a picture of, like, Neil Armstrong's boot being completely different to the imprint? Yeah. And yeah, then there's like a picture that. of the flag blowing? Yeah, and people said the shadows wouldn't... Something like there'd be no shadows at all, or the shadows wouldn't be how they were yeah. in on the moon. I, th- I think they should make more movies based on those kind of conspiracy theories because it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the most that I've ever seen of, like, the, the moon landing was in <laughs> is in Transformers Dark of the Moon, where yeah. he finds, like, yeah. where they don't, where it was all a cover-up to discover this, like, Transformers ship that had crash-landed mm. on it. But, like, nobody talks about the fact that 
yeah, everybody thinks that the moon landing was faked. So why not just play off on that? Like, yeah. say it's all, like, you know, part of a government conspiracy. Because Americans are too proud. Yeah. And like, the, bear in mind, like, this is happening during, like, the space race between mm. America and Russia. That was what I was just going to come on to. Um, notoriously, all the way through the space race, America were massively behind Russia. Mm, yeah. And it was literally within the space of, like, a month or a few weeks they all of a sudden managed to get together everything they needed to take up the space. Yeah. I mean, I imagine, like, Sputnik, like, really, like, you know, like, got them nervous. Yeah. Like, for the first, um, <coughs> first like, orbital satellite ever hmm. launched by Russia, and they were like, oh, shit, uh, let's cheat. So not only were they behind, but then also managed to get ridiculously far in front in the space of, like, such a little amount of time. They also managed to record it to, like cinematic quality almost because mm-hmm. would the cameras even work in space well, well i don't think you'd be, i don't think you'd be able to send that i don't be able to think i think like i don't think you'd be able to send that live no. uh, well, uh, and it, what the implication was that like that footage was recorded yeah. live uh, maybe though because obviously the satellites to receive live stuff are in space maybe you'd get a better signal than anywhere maybe mm. just a thought yeah, I mean, I do believe that, like you know, if you are in space, you can be able, you should be able to talk to NASA and stuff like that. Mm. But I don't think video, I think video footage is different. Well, yeah. especially in the nineteen sixties, especially yeah. in the nineteen sixties, yeah. maybe you could do it now. Yeah. I mean, they do that now. I mean, yeah. like with uh, like live ITV interviews with people mm. who are living in space stations and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. This is a podcast about Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, technically, it's a podcast about films because we're talking about Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. The uh, the director the of the di- moon landing. The director of the moon landing, who's what? also dead. Or is he? What a title to have, though. <laughs> like, the director of the moon landing. If the moon landing is fake, what a thing to take to the grave. I mean, can you imagine that? Like, I mean, he like if, if it does come out, it won't come out. But if it yeah. did come out, and people would be like... I mean, I don't think people would be mad about it. I think at that point, it'd be like, well, fair we play. Knew it. I mean, like, we knew it. We knew, yeah. we knew it, but I mean, the fact that you managed to pull it off, good Coming job. from our point of view in England who weren't really involved in the space race. I don't think we've got a space division, have we? We no, sort of collaborate with NASA. So. Yeah, yeah, we do collaborations, but I don't think we have our own like, yeah. space station or something like that. Um, Like, we couldn't give a fuck. No. Like, I don't know why anyone could give a fuck. It's literally just putting someone on another like, on the moon. It doesn't mean anything. I mm. think it's just because it was revolutionary. Like, um, uh, the thought of someone being on not on Earth and in space yeah, I understand was like that. an idea to no one could fathom but it's not like a cure for disease you know what I mean like it's so irrelevant to everything yeah yeah I mean yeah, it's, just, yeah, the, it's yeah. just the one thing I mean like if they could like I mean I think that might have been like a, oh this is like the first step to colonize it, colonization onto mm. other planets so we're not going to go out just on earth like you know yeah. I mean, it's it's going into the whole Ad Astra like point of view. There's going to be a subway on the moon. Subway on the moon, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we won't get started on all of that head fart again. <laughs> anyway, Home Alone. Home yeah. Alone. So Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are the Wet Bandits. Yeah. And I think. W E T Bandits. Shut up, Marv. Um Great. They were just great. They they were fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Like I I, pref- I think honestly I preferred Daniel Stern. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't done a lot of stuff, but he was really really good in that. Yeah. And like I mean, this is one of my favorite. Joe Pesci performances. Mm. I mean, like, I mean, like he, he's he's been around, but uh... um, he was told. Fun fact for you, a bit of trivia. Yeah, one of the first takes he done of like the um, chaos scenes mm. where he gets like the cars and the tar S- and slipping all on that. ice and yeah. stuff like that. He just full out went like Goodfellas on it and just swore his head off. <laughs> he's gone fuck it, just fuck. 
And then Chris Columbus told him to say fridge instead of fuck. So when you can hear him like mumble and swear words, he's just saying fridge. Well, yeah, he's like, he's, he's like, yeah, it's like really slapstick, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and it adds to it. Like, yeah. I think yeah. because, he, because there's so many times, I'm pretty sure that, um, I'm pretty sure that, um, like when, like before they like actually go into the house, it's like when, uh, Marv is having a look, like he's trying to get his foot in the door and stuff like mm. that. I'm pre- and he loses his sh- shoe. I'm pretty sure he says he either says shoot or shit. I'm pretty sure he said shit though when yeah. I when I heard it this time. Um, but yeah, I mean like keeping a PC and stuff like that. I mean like the, but like um, yeah, it's just like I, like what, what <laughs> there was a line that um Marv said in the movie that got us all laughing. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, oh it was, <laughs> yeah. Um, when Kevin gets his little bike handles and he goes across the, the rope from the house to the treehouse, and then obviously by the time the wet bandits get up into the attic, they can't see Kevin anymore because he's in the treehouse. And then they're like, <laughs> and Harry goes, Wait, where's your kid gone? And then Mom goes, Maybe he committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in a kid's movie, no less. That's great. It's just so like out of the blue and ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why would he commit suicide? <laughs> That's at the end of all this grand plan. He's going to fuck you up and then he's just going to fucking jump out of his attic window. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like, because um, looking at the uh, like the character arc that Kevin goes through in mm. this movie, like, I mean... He's a little psychopath. He is a little psychopath. Well, I mean, he starts out just being a little twer. Mm. And then, like, he can, he does grow in the movie. Like, he takes on more responsibilities. Yeah. Like, you know, when he's doing shopping, like, he has to... He's a bit of a pathological liar as well. Is this toothbrush uh, approved by the National Dentist Association? Uh, I don't know, honey. <laughs> Could you please check? <laughs> um, we all... I'm not necessarily liked, but we all picked up on the uh, the little shopkeeper who looked like someone of the 1950s. David, stop that boy! And he, like, swings around <laughs> with, like, the most dramatic close-up turn, like, yeah. hair flick. And hey, they, come here! And he doesn't go, even go beyond the door. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts the police officer, and then he just gets fucked by Kevin as well. Yeah. Not literally. <laughs> on the ice. Over. Yeah, on the ice. Brad, what uh, did you think, overall? Uh, as a first-time viewer. It was, that was really good. Like, I mean, unlike Love Actually, I can see why this is a Christmas film. Mm. Uh, it's really good. It's entertaining. It's a nice, because you said you watch it with your family because you've got a big family. It is a proper family film and it's, and it's, it's just it's just great i'd say i'd go so far as to say it's probably the most festive of all the classic yeah. christmas movies and that is helped by uh the score by john williams who oh. and then there's like a christmas song every like two scenes as well um so the obviously the main appeal of this which is why it spawns like a franchise off the back of it is the 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 traps the end sequence, yeah. which yeah. is like one of the one of the greatest, I'd say one of the greatest cat and mouse sequences yeah. in film. If not the best. Yeah. Especially over the course of the other films as well. If you put them all together, it's probably the master of the yeah. the, the style. I mean, like, because I, I, before I saw this movie for the first time, like, I was huge into, like, Tom and Jerry mm. and that yeah. kind of stuff. And then seeing this kind of, like, a live-action version of yeah. that kind of stuff, it was, it was like, it was mind-blowing for me at the time. I think going back to the slapstick thing, and it's a film that's quite real, mm. and he, he like he almost tries his hardest to make it real, but like obviously covering up like all the bases of like why this kid's being left and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's quite a interest, quite a brave strategy, to then make it so real and so relatable, and then 
make these villains like cartoon characters and mm, almost yeah. like unkillable. Yeah, because like I said this to you, there's like a YouTube channel out there that I saw a couple of years ago which just details like all the injuries and how many times yeah. that they probably would have died mm. they in the were, first two films. I think the iron on these heads probably yeah. should have done some like that, damage. That should have definitely probably killed him yeah. if not left The blowtorch on the head yeah. would have probably done a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think at the point of touching the hot door handle, I would have just went home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the first things. Uh, the paint can... Was would have oh. probably give you severe brain damage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, you probably would have broke your back off the um, yeah. on the, 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 shoot, the ice. No, the um, the car. Oh, the car we like the, the car. And then all the ice. Yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, they both fell down damage. the stairs about six times each. I mean, yeah. her, I mean, Marv's feet get royally violated oh, yeah. in this sequence. Oh, the, like, I mean, yeah. with the nail, the tar nail, the the uh, what the baubles, mm. uh, and then obviously the the cars. Yeah. I remember when we were watching it, like, <coughs> thinking how well he played that because he'd done the thing, you know, when you stand on some, like, a piece of Lego or whatever and, like, you start walking on the sides of your feet mm-hmm. and I just thought that was, like, quite an interesting thing to put in. I feel yeah. like most actors wouldn't have thought of that, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's a, he, like, I'd say Daniel Stern, he's a very great, like, physical comedian. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, he solves all of his falls, like, yeah. really well. Like, the stunt, the stunt work in this movie is actually really, really yeah. solid. Um, His little screams every time things happen to him he yeah. gets like a really girly scream it always tickles I mean, me I mean that point where the spider gets put on his face oh, yeah. like his scream is so good <laughs> it's it's great it goes on as well for like 30 <laughs> seconds he starts again and again he's like and then he smashes uh, Harry with a crowbar I loved his reaction to that he's like he's like Marv Marv <laughs> he's like Harry don't move <laughs> he starts hitting him back. Yes, the second Jack. one I think has the better stunts and the mm-hmm. better chase sequence I mean at that point they're like yeah we can totally just go all out with like, this um, like, I mean obviously Brad you have not seen it it yeah. gets more sadistic actually oh, yeah. good. because the good, good. Uh, the plug in uh, Macaulay Culkin plugs batteries into the sink in the basement and ha- uh, Marv turns it on <laughs> and while he's got hold of the taps uh, we cut from like the taps to him getting electrocuted, and then about the third cut back to Marv, he's just a skeleton. Like he's a skeleton with a beard and hair, yeah, with his, <laughs> and his teeth are chattering. And then we go back and he's human, and he's again. screaming as well. Like it's, yeah. it's so weird. But like I mean what that like fuck? in the second one, like like Marv gets hit with a like a brick from a head like at least four times. Yeah, like, like from a they're high all height. meant for uh, Joe Pesci, but yeah. he ducks all of them and they all hit Marv. And the, like they would have hundred percent died and everything. The, at one point as well. Because the house that it's in, it gets renovated and they've got like a big plank of wood across the hole in the floor. And I think it might, it might be both of them, but it's definitely Marv falls through the hole. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a, one hole like down to the next floor. It's a hole from like the top floor of the house down all the way into the basement. So about three floors down. Yeah. And he's fine. <clears throat> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's, but like, it's all, it's 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 great. And it's also yeah. well done. Like, yeah, it is. It's, it's fairly believable like i said like i mean a lot of the performances especially the kid actors and some of the extras um like they're not they're, there's a charm to it for sure but mm. you can't deny that it's not the best thing yeah. you've ever seen but then you see look, sorry yeah. i was just gonna say talking about like things that are not the best the cinematography i think is very yeah but i think yeah. i described I it when we were watching it it's, it's like primitive it's very, yeah. yeah it's very primitive there's like yeah. there's some camera movement but like i mean there was even a point like it was um like i pointed this out when we saw it like um 
when uh, Kevin first realizes that he's on his own, like he's he's sitting in the kitchen and stuff like that, mm. I felt like the camera was like placed on a microwave or something like that. Yeah, it was wobbling it, all it over. It was wobbling just a just a little bit. Like you could see that if you're looking at the furniture, like the still furniture, but there was a little, there was quite yeah. a bit of uh, shakiness to it. Uh, yeah. John Hughes, I feel like, or uh, things with like Ferris Bueller. Obviously, he didn't direct this one. Yeah, that was Chris Columbus. Yeah, but it was still a John Hughes film. He wrote and produced it. Yeah, so he had some sort of pull there. Mm-hmm. But all of the things that he makes and all of his, like, stylistically, the stuff that he does, the camera work's never the best when it's a John Hughes film. No. I mean, in fact, if anything, like, I saw, um, you know that bit when he walks out of his house and goes to see the garage Mm. and he sees that there's both both the cars are still there? Yeah. The shot there, when he's, like, it was kind of like the the tracking shot, it looked exactly like the same one from Ferris Bueller. Mm. So, like... But it, and considering that he didn't even direct it, yeah. like it's a bit bit interesting. But yeah, I think um, he, he yeah he does kind of have this. He gets similar performances because a lot a lot of people think that it is a John Hughes film like all mm. the way through, like directed it as well because it looks so similar. And it, yeah. it's really odd actually. If he didn't direct it, why does it look like he did? Yeah, yeah. Should uh, we do some facts and stats? Yeah, facts let's do and it. Stats. Facts and stats. Facts and stats with your boy Callum Simpson. Oh, week well. 10, is it? Yeah, week 10. 10th anniversary of Cinejows. What a long 10 weeks it's been. We've done good. You forgot your party popper you promised last week. That's it, a trumpet. What was, was that? A, one of them things that rolls out. <laughs> Where you get in party bags at kids' oh, parties. Oh, yeah. the, 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 the aye, Them things. Them things. Yeah. Streamer. Streamer. Are they? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Home Loan had a budget of 18 million. US dollars, which was relatively high, I suppose, for 1990. Yeah, it's just for inflation and shit <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, Probably what about... I don't know what that phrase means, but I know people say it in situations like this. I'm going to guess, and when I say guess, there's no... It's not even an educated guess, because there's no knowledge behind this. 18 million in 1990, about 70 million, though. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. Um, cumulative worldwide gross, which is remarkable for this time... Of year, uh, this time in history, mm-hmm. four hundred seventy-six million six hundred eighty-four thousand six hundred seventy-five U.S. dollars. Not yeah. bad. Not I mean, bad at all. They definitely released it at the, at the right time because this was it was opened in USA in uh, on the eighteenth of November. Mm. So like just in the Christmas period. Um, um like for the, especially back then, that's an insane amount of money to take at the box office. Yeah. yeah. That's so crazy. On to Christopher Columbus, the director, not the explorer. <laughs> yeah. um, he hasn't actually, considering his career's been gone for about 30 years, he hasn't directed a whole lot of stuff. No. So he's got, obviously, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Mrs. Doubtfire. Great. Stepmom. Nine, mo- nine months with Hugh Grant, not Colin Firth, and Julianne Moore. <laughs> Good uh, old Hugh Granty. Ooh, where are we? Yeah. Let's get back to him. Pixels he directed. I didn't know he directed Pixels. Ooh. What a shame. That is... Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. 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 Rent. Rent. It's the one where they all get AIDS. Oh. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) Two Harry Poppers. Poppers? Two Harry Poppers. um, Is Sean Penn in Rent? Oh, no. Uh, Sean Penn was in Milk. It's Rosario Dawson, Jesse L. Martin, that kind of stuff. Um, He's producing Scoob. He's producing Scoob. Gremlins 3. I love the links we're getting from films across the board. <laughs> it's um, all interconnected. It's all course, interconnected. We are gonna discover. We're gonna like unravel this spider's web of connectivity in Hollywood and find out that it's all, like we said earlier, one big massive conspiracy. And it's all 
Directed by Stanley Kubrick. The man pulling the strings is one Richard Curtis. <laughs> of course, he directed Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secorects. I think the... both films filmed in my hometown. Yeah. Going on, Anik. Hogwarts um, and shit. Yeah, well. Some in Durham. Uh, some, some in Durham. But yeah, I mean, like, um, but then after that, they switched to Alfonso Caron, which is an odd shift. But then they, then I think David Yates just did the rest of it. And them. Alfonso yeah. didn't want to actually direct it. And it was my good friend Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. who went. <laughs> no, oh, don't do it. No, yeah. I I loved you. I and loved you. Thank you, thank you for this Academy Award nomination. That's quite alright, that one. Actually. That was alright. Jesus. Christ. Um, John Hughes, don't you forget about me. Breakfast Club. Um, directed only eight things actually. Wow. Sixteen well, candles. Every single one of them except maybe the last one, are all, and that one, are all big heavy hitters. And, like, he is the definitive man of 80s cinema. Would you like to know something really sad? And I feel like this could make you both really upset. You've seen none of them. I've seen two of them. That's all right. So, John Hughes, quick as we can, 16 Candles. Not seen it. The Breakfast Club. Seen Seen that. Weird Science. Never seen it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Never seen seen it. it. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Never seen it. Not seen it. I feel like that's right up your street, Sam. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's very much your style. All right. Comedy. Okay, I'll have a look into that. She's having a baby, Not yet me it. neither. Uncle Buck <laughs> seen it. and Curly Sue, yep, me neither. <laughs> uh, as for writing, though, that's where he really he's comes into his own. Again, got... it's like getting into, like, um, so just got you off there, because you said in the last episode how uh, you feel, how you read an article that said that Social Network is the defining uh, mm. movie of the decade. I'd say it's fair to say that um, all the John Hughes movies, probably more Breakfast Club than the others, were the defining movies for like the eighties. Absolutely, it was like the the Brat Pack, mm. all of their stuff. Yeah, that defined the young generation and all that shit. Yeah, um, but uh, I was listening. I think it was a, po- a podcast about films. The, yeah, it was actually. <laughs> it was the teen sex comedy genre. Of course, mm. of course, it is. Um, I love I love the teen sex comedy. It's you're quite a, hu- a you're a huge American Pie fan. Yeah. Um, but there's some when you go back to the 80s stuff it's like so shit the good hmm. but then there's just a lot of the productions on teen sex comedies are like plagued by like bad luck and things happening yeah one of my favourite franchises in teen sex comedy is Hamburger the movie followed by its sequel Hot Dog the Motion Picture <laughs> <laughs> why am I not surprised you like them um, I mean, I'm surprised because I've never heard of them before. I did have a point there, actually, but it's escaped uh, About me. his writing? About his writing, um, yeah. So John Hughes was the man to bring teenagers to the forefront of cinema and make, like, their... <clears throat> their lives the main focus, you know, really. Obviously, like, The Graduate was, like, sort of, when I suppose by then he'd be in his 20s. Yeah. But, like, he was the man to really push for like teenagers to get their own stories out there and, and like a, a more risque way as well where there was like relationships and things like this being portrayed rather than just them being kids I suppose also like I guess the kind of it kind of solidified all the um the typical character archetypes you see like in like in like a lot of uh, high school sets mm. stuff yeah. like you've got the jock you've got the uh, criminal you've got the yeah, emo Club, yeah. you've got the nerd and you've got the princess and actually I just named all, all five of them and then <laughs> the man after John Hughes, Cameron Crowe, he was sort of the new generation John Hughes. Yeah, yeah. He is credited with the single-handed destruction of the teen sex genre. Yeah, because what, what did he do? Um, he, um, well, for what he'd done, actually, morally, he took all of these, like, same sort of characters, 
but he started giving him problems. Oh. Mm, right. And what the box office and what the executives found is that people didn't want to go and see people who were too similar, you know, teenagers going through all these problems. But obviously Cameron Crowe was right in the end because now more than ever, teenage films are full of people with problems and like the relatability factor for teenagers. I mean, you just have to look into things like 13 Reasons Why and how exactly. popular that is. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed that I've seen all three seasons of that. Um, should we go into the Kulk? Yeah, let's go into the Kulk. <clears throat> Um, of course, he directed, back in 2013, Macaulay Culkin eating a slice of pizza. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was in Uncle Buck. He was in, obviously, Home Alone, a lonely home. Yeah, he was in My Girl. That's the one where he gets killed by a load of bees. He was in Michael Jackson, Black or White, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, <laughs> Richie Rich. He was in Frasier. 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 Hey, the blues are calling for salads and scrambled um, eggs. And now we're getting up to 2000, so you've done... Fuck all. Because yeah, he kind of, like you said, he kind of dropped off the face of the yeah. earth. What's the most recent thing he's done? Uh, Dollhouse. Dollface. Oh, Dollface. Uh, Dollhouse is a Josh Whedon series. Uh, What's Dollface? Um, I don't care. There it is. Google Assistant Home Alone again. Yeah. Which is the, the third, the spiritual sequel to the first two Home Alones. Um, onto the big boy, your big bad booty daddy. It is Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Am I, am I funny to you to make you laugh? Funny laugh, funny how? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> is that Louis Spence? No, 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 no. That's... Louis Spence? <laughs> Guys, what? it's me, Louis Spence. Pineapple Guard Studios. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, guys, uh, I need to do a pirouette. <laughs> Sam's got his leg in the air. We can see everything. <laughs> uh, Rage and Bull, of course, played uh, Robert De Niro's brother, Joey. I feel like he's played Robert De Niro's brother in multiple Everything, things. Yeah. Um, he was also in a film called I'm Dancing As Fast As I Can, which I hope he said in the film, I'm dancing as fast as I can! Yeah. That was one of the worst Joe Pesci impressions I've done in this podcast <laughs> and indeed podcast. my life. Um, he was uh, Leo Getz in Lethal Weapon 2 onwards, because Leo Getz, okay, okay, okay. Lethal Weapon, yeah. yeah. Um, Diplomatic immunity! Goodfellas. It's just been revoked. Goodfellas, of course. JFK. Yeah. My Cousin Vinny. Uh, a Bronx Tale, of course. Mm-hmm. Casino. Casino is good, um, and and literally not a lot. And the Irishman, he he actually came back for the Home Alone sequel. He did, yeah. Aged Harry, he played. Yeah, I think I think Daniel Stern came back as well. Mm. Um, and of course, now the the Irishman, which yeah. is a bonus episode on our timeline. If you want to go and find it, yeah. Daniel Ooh. Stern, big Danny Stern, hasn't done a lot really. No. Less. But this is de- this is definitely his definitive role. Oh, 100%. Um, and like I said, it's well earned. Like, he is great in this movie. Yeah. Um, and he's great in the second one as well. Like, I, But I don't know. Like, uh, it doesn't really seem like he's been allowed to do a whole lot else since. He's mostly done a lot of TV yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was in uh, City Slickers. He was in Monk. I love Tony Shalhoub. Uh, but yeah, Monk. Monk is a good show. Yeah, he's really not done a lot at all. Um, no. But, you know, what he has done, he was good in it. Yeah. So good for him. Catherine oh. O'Hara... You'll be surprised by how much she's been in, I feel. Yeah. Because I've, I've watched a lot of stuff and she just seems to appear. Yeah, she does. Like, like again, this is probably her definitive role, but, like, I mean, she showed up in, like, uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Um, what else? Obviously I think a lot more recently she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she kind of made, like, a bit of a comeback. Yeah. Kind of, like, um, what's her name? Molly Ringwald? Molly, Molly Ringwald, yeah, she's back now, isn't she? Yeah. Not looking great. Mm. <laughs> Poor Molly. Poor Molly. Uh, Brother Bear. She was in Brother Bear 2. Brother Bear, she was in Chicken Little. She was over in, the Hedge. Over Monster the hedge. House. What? Yeah. 
Penelope. She, that's, monst- the, that's the one where she's got a pig nose, isn't it, Penelope? Yeah. A monster, uh, a monster in Paris. Frank and Weenie. Curb your enthusiasm. That's Seinfeld, isn't it? That's the one. Wow. Yeah. Modern Family, of course. Uh, series of unfortunate events. Shit Creek. The Adams Family. Series of yeah, the most recent Adams Family. Ah, well, good for you. John Candy. John Candy. Polka, polka, polka. Yeah, John Candy, comedic legend, I'd say. I love him. Yeah. He's great. I loved him in Cool Runnings. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. Um, he was in the Blues Brothers. He's the he's probably one of the greatest supporting comedy actors of all yeah. time. And that's not a that's not a criticism. That's yeah, that's yeah. true. Like he, yeah. he, I don't think he was ever. I mean, I say cool. Like I say, cool runners. That's probably the closest he ever got to. Maybe playing strange automobiles. He was like cool. Yeah, he was co starring with uh, Steve Martin, wasn't it? Steve yeah. Martin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in um, what is it? Um, in Blues Brothers, like hi, this is car one hundred and five. Uh, we're in a truck. <laughs> he's just he's so like absurd, and he he just he brings the levity that you need. I feel he's just he's just a pleasant, pleasant um, little man. He's a pleasant little presence. Oh, first, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. The first thing I seen him in was Uncle Buck, and yeah. I, I fell in love with it. Um, he was in Spaceballs as well. Oh shit! Was yeah, he in Saturday Night Live? Um, he probably John Candy. Or am I just thinking of um? He probably Chris made some Farley. appearances. I mean, Chris Farley is. I'm pretty sure he's SNL. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if John Candy made some appearances in SNL. And they both died really young, didn't they, I think? Oh, yeah. he was in Spaceballs 43. as well? Oh, yeah. what a film, Spaceballs. Spaceballs? I love that oh, film. And Splash, don't forget Splash. Yeah. And now on to cinematography. Julio Macat. Macat. Oh, I hope it's Julio. I've lost my Yeah, he's from Not, not Julio. I've lost my Julius. cat. So, he started off doing a lot of music videos for, like, Poison and Joe Van Cocker. Halen. Joe Cocker. All right, Cocker. <laughs> Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Only the lonely. Uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, Miracle. Oh, righty then. <laughs> oh, it's DS, sir, and good afternoon to you. How are you doing, sir? Alrighty then. I love Jim Carrey. Miracle yeah. on 34th Street, The Nutty Professor, Home Alone 3. Um, so basically, he had a stronghold on like the big comedy films of the 90s. Cats and Dogs in 2001. Oh. Pitch Perfect, he was director of cinematography. Oh, wow. God. Winnie he, the Pooh. And then Horrible Bosses 2. Daddy's Home. Oh. I can never say that. Yeah. It's... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Blended. Uh, Adam Sandler Fulham. I imagine you like that, Brad. Never he's, heard of it. Kind of, kind of dropped off. He's kind of declined. Oh, uh, yeah. Not, necessar- not, uh, not necessarily in his work ethic, but I say in the quality of the films that he's mm. done. Like, I mean, Ace Ventura, Home Alone, like, those are, like, top tier. Top mm. tier. But then you look at like the boss with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. But he, mm. say, he seems like he's joined that group that we, we were saying that we saw very much hate in the last episode. I forget the guy's name. Um, Julio. No, the guy who did uh, Love Actually. Oh, Richard, Richard Curtis. Curtis. No, no, the director of cinematography. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who um, cares? Yeah. Don't like him. But they, he's joined the Paul Feig group of people. Mm. With Th- those Elizabeth movies, Banks. They, they make too many movies a year. And they're not good. No. They kind of take like I mean, they were definitely a lot more present in early 2010s. Yeah. With like the stuff of like bridesmaids, that was like a really like a Kickstarter for yeah. all the Melissa McCarthy movies. Mm. And let's be honest, she's not good. No, she's, she's not. not good. She does my uh, head in. Like it uh, seems like obviously we're all we're all for the women. Sure. Getting okay. out there, getting more exposure. But um, in blockbusters, there's just this one little pool of women. 
that mm. everyone just goes back to and uses, and there's never really anyone outside of that pool. So it's Melissa McCarthy and everyone from Bridesmaids, Kristen Wiig. All a lot of the ones who left uh, SNL. Mm. I'd say I like Chris and Wig. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I like Chris and Wig sometimes. Um, uh, but then you go to Indy, mm. and it's like there's a big pool of new young actresses who are always used, and the indie stuff tells different stories. Where Blockbuster is just going, I'm going to make this man film, but with women. Yeah. Where Indy is like, I'm going to make this film about women, which is as it should be. Women should have their own films, not just man remake. Yeah, like yeah. so obviously. I mean, we've talked compare. about we've talked about this before, like um, in a previous episode, how we don't how we're not a fan of the uh, female reboots that are being made these days. But if you compare something, sorry, if you compare sorry. something like um, like we'll take we'll take the boss for example, Melissa McCarthy. Compare that to Greta Gerwig directed Saoirse Ronan starring Lady Bird, mm. which was like a, a, a award season's uh, big 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 contender, mm-hmm. got nominated for loads of Oscars, loads of other awards, and. and you know, both women, but done in different ways. Indie does it better, and indie makes it more relatable and more enjoyable and gives women a real story that they can get their teeth into rather than, oh, look, a woman's going to become a CEO. And then also look at, like, say, uh, like Frances McDormand in Three Billboards. Oh, absolutely, of, 100%. Yeah. She's, like, that, she's, like, that is such a a realistic, a mm. raw performance, but it's yeah. also she's also hilarious yeah. in that movie. Like it's it, it, it like I'd say I, I mean I think I might have said this in, a, in another episode but uh, Martin McDonough mm. he's the director of Three Billboards he in also Bruges. directed In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths those are the only three feature length films that he's ever directed and I'd say because of that winning streak he's probably my favorite director Ooh. yeah oh. fair enough and the fact that like because he does understand character yeah and he yeah. understand and he understands dark comedy better than really anybody working in Hollywood yeah. I'd say. Absolutely, so, I'd agree. Yeah. So, should we do ratings? We can do ratings. Go on, um, Let you start. It's your film. Me? Yeah, you can go last because it was a first view and for you. Yeah. So, Home Alone, it's sort of like past the point of you sort of desensitized to everything. Um, you get to the point where you you watch it without the like the anticipation or the oh what's coming up because you just know it so well. It's still enjoyable, don't you? One hundred percent enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to rate it in the sense of this is like my 20 millionth time watching it and this is how I feel now. I'm going to rate it in the sense of how how I remember feeling as a child watching it for the first few times and yeah. being like, oh, wow. But as a child, it'd be a 10 out of 10, but now I'm going to have to take in the technical aspects and judge it for what it is and as a proper film. So obviously the camera work brings it down a bit. It's well written, definitely well written. It's, uh, it's well acted to a certain extent. Uh, the stunts and all that stuff is really good. The entertainment value obviously far surpasses everything else. So for Home Alone, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Nice. I, th- I think that's fair, actually. Um, all right, I'll go next. Um, so, yeah, again, like I said, this is probably the most uh, of the... Because I watch a lot... Like I said, I watch a lot of Christmas movies around the, around this time of year. Um, this is probably one of my ones that I'm always more excited to get in, back mm. into. I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, I mean, looking into, like, say, The Grinch, I found myself relating to The Grinch a lot more <laughs> as I've gotten older. Um, am I just eating because I'm bored? Um <laughs> like stuff like that and but yeah there's like uh, like i said um the movie is really elevated by uh john williams score john williams is like mm, love love star wars isn't it john williams star wars harry potter et indiana jones indiana jones everything spielberg's done everything spielberg's done he's great he's like he really does he is great like i mean i remember buying uh like a vinyl of john williams scores for Mm. a friend of mine for christmas yeah it's yeah he he's fantastic and so like and i'd say like the pairing of john hughes and christopher columbus 
isn't it? Chris Columbus, um, <laughs> not the not the explorer. Um, it's an it's an interesting pairing, and it kind of it just works mm-hmm. really well. Uh, I think Macaulay Culkin, like I said, he's not great, but there's a level of charm to it. Yeah. Like I mean, look at I mean, I think there was a period where I wasn't a fan of his, but now I'm now I'm getting older, and like I'm you know looking back on it, I'm like, nah, that's just that's just that's sweet. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are you were jealous as a child. I was jealous as a child. Fun fact: uh, Have you ever, you guys heard the room with uh, Tommy Wiseau? Yeah, of course. So his co-star Greg Sestero, who played Mark, uh, said that Home Alone was his inspiration into getting into acting. Wow! Wow! Um, Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? That does say a lot. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like Macaulay Culkin, he's he's good in this. Uh, I think he might have. I, I'm I'm a little bit sour to the fact that this made him so popular to the point where he kind of like became desensitized mm. to the whole thing. Kind of maybe maybe developed a bit of an ego, but I can't really judge the movie on that. Uh, I think Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, great uh, comedic duo and great uh, great physical co- comedy. Uh, I love the last sequence. I actually really like the um, the whole dynamic with the old man who lives next door. Yeah, I really enjoy that one. I think that that's what gives it the big Christmassy feel at yeah. the end when he's reunited with his family. I mean, it's just it's just sweet. Yeah. It's yeah. just somber, um, and it's it, like it, I'm not gonna lie. I I was fighting back the tears when we watched it last night because it was just like very heartwarming. Yeah. Just seeing him hug his granddaughter. And I think and a stuff lot like that. a lot of that is going back again to do with the score. Yeah. yeah, and it really adds to it. Yeah, infectious. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the uh, characters in the in the family. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, some of the, most of them are caricatures. Yeah. Um, especially the uncle, mm. uh, who like is like a complete cheapskate. Yeah. Uh, that Buzz, who's like awful to look at. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the spider. <laughs> the spider doesn't knock. The spider doesn't knock him down. For yeah, we forgot to mention this. These two over here. These two sissies. Are both deathly afraid of spiders, and every time it'd come on screen, it'd both go, "Oh!" I was just like, "Ugh!" It it's just when, it makes me um, uncomfortable. It's when you give me the jump scare of like I was when I was just watching the film, and you fucking tickled my leg. Yeah, like <laughs> like a spider. Thing. Yeah, um, muscle. The spider doesn't knock me down. Doesn't knock down. No. <laughs> <laughs> the spider doesn't knock me down for a couple of po- for points, <clears throat> but um, but yeah, um, and like as like I said, I just love the the Christmassy feeling that this yeah. movie gives mm. and uh, like uh, again I love that scene when he's talking to uh, like the Santa yeah like again that's pretty that was well done yeah um, that was really funny actually yeah, yeah. give him three Tic Tacs instead of like don't a candy spoil your dinner yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it um, and again like uh, kind of like you said it's kind of hard to critique this movie considering how like ingrained in pop culture it is yeah, like i mean yeah. how many times i've seen it and, like you know it's it, it's 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 kind of a part of me especially this time of year mm. so i'm I'm going to go hi- higher than you gave it i'm mm. going to give this a nine out of ten mm. so bradley first time viewer first time viewer go for it well as we've said about eight times now was my first time viewing it mm-hmm. uh and i think i've said this before but i'll say it again i don't know how i've not seen it before mm. like it is it is really unusual because i did enjoy it like yeah. it was it's nice it's just heartwarming like the bit at the end with the old man because i mean of course at the start they're scared of him mm-hmm. and every time you see him throughout the film uh little kevin runs away from him yeah and of course you, you, you kind of feel sorry for him and then at the end when they're in the church and they have a nice little chat you just it's really heartwarming yeah and when he's talking to the santa it's, it's funny it's got all these comedy elements and but like you said, Calm, there is a few technical bits which slightly does it, so it's it's not a ten out of ten. I mean, it's not it's not aged. 
it's it's aged pretty it's well, aged well yeah. but, but like it does like the passage of time has kind of yeah hindered it a yeah. little bit but it's not like a it's not a 10 out of 10 but it's not like a 3 out of 10 no so i think because first time watching it i really did enjoy it i think i'm gonna oh, i'm debating between two but i think fuck it i'm gonna give it a 9 out of 10 as well it's, well, it's uh, really i just really did enjoy it aren't i the grinch <laughs> yeah you're a mean one i feel like mr, mr. Grinch. grinch i've dished out far too many tens lately yeah so i was trying to be a bit more hard no no that's fine um but that's your opinion like i mean mm. like i mean we you, i agree with you when you say that the technical well justified aspect, yeah, it's, yeah it is justified mm. yeah. yeah and i think it's it's well you, you you clearly thought it through it's always a 10 out of 10 for enjoyment when you sure. watch it uh, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Brad, I'd, I'd advise you when you go home for the Christmas holidays, watch the rest of them. I'd say definitely watch two. Watch I enjoy two. the other ones actually as well. I I enjoy. I think it's three. Is that the one with the uh, the, the big assassins? House. Like the assassins. The uh, assassins. What? There are assassins. What they, the fuck? Yeah, I've not. Is There's that a toy the one where he gets measles? I think and he has to steal. Yeah, he's yeah. got like a toy car. And I think they live in the same house Kevin lived in. Oh, it's no, very, no, it's, it's very it's, similar. It's different. They've got like a shaft and stuff like that. Like. They've got a shaft. No, that's the posh house. That's number four thing. Number three is just like a younger kid mm. than Kevin. What? I don't remember much about... I don't think I've seen Home Alone 5. Wow. Well, it was Home Alone 5 Holiday Heist, the one that no one talks about yeah. about five years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, definitely watch two. No, I think, I think Tim, Tim Curry's in that, and I, he's amazing. I think I probably will end up watching two, but I, I think... Rob Schneider. Leave yeah. off yeah. three, four, and five. Uh, Buy them off. And then Piers Morgan. Mm. Once you see the movie, you'll understand. I, I I think I've seen a picture of it. It's I think I've seen a picture of like this woman holding pigeons. Yeah, and it was like, let's not forget Piers Morgan is in this film. <laughs> so yeah, um, I got an ending question. For what us? was um, the rating oh. there overall for uh, Home Alone? I think twenty six point five. Oh, nine, nine, seven point five. Twenty five point five. Firmly in the good bin. Firmly in the good bin. Well deserved. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Well deserved. I mean, I mean, how how old is this movie now? It's like about twenty eight seven. Uh, 1990, so almost 30 years old. Yeah, almost 30 years old. 29 Shit. years old. It's aged. I have aged phenomenally. So it was obviously it was made in the 80s, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, technically an 80s yeah. movie, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, ending question. Uh, so seeing as how we're we're like slap bang in the middle of, of our Christmas season. Yeah. Um, I'd ask you because obviously we're only getting like one pick a, a week, and mm. Brad, you picked one that you hadn't even seen before. Yeah, it was a risk, um, and it was not worth it. Wh- what's your fa- What's your favorite Christmas film? This will lead into next week's episode for me, so I'll go last. See, I think I've only got like a top three, and I can't like it's like picking between your children. Pick them, <clears throat> like you know, pick all your favorites. kids that you've got. <laughs> yeah, all um three of them. Okay, so first one, Polo Express. Love that film. Watch it. I've watched it every year with my gran. Who? Funny story. Uh, in Home Alone, Kevin McAllister goes down the stairs on a sledge. Yeah. Yeah. Pointed out to you two. My gran's done that on a bacon tree. As as a as a grandmother <laughs> yeah. as well, not as a child, like well, literally no, 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 very like, as a seventy-year-old woman. Yeah. yeah. She's a legend, man. Fair my play gran. to you, Sheila. Love yeah. you. Love you. Merry Christmas. I'll to show you. this. Yeah. I'll be like, Gran, you've got fans. Oh, I've been fans since day one. Uh, yeah. Since I heard uh, Zip lining down the bridge. Oh, she's mm. she's mental. She's got bigger balls than me. Yeah. Well. Uh, so, yeah, you said Polar Express. Polar Express, sorry. Uh, the night before, I've mentioned that. The stoner comedy with Seth Rogen. Stoner comedy. Absolutely we're getting, we're love getting, it. We're getting a bit of a trend with your favourite movies, like uh, with Just Go With This and uh, <laughs> the, the Night Before Christmas. B-movies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And next one? And my next one. Last one. I'm alone. Hey. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Nice one. 
Uh, for me? I think that's a high five worthy count. Oh, I think. Yeah. Oh, better. Oh. Oh, look at the other one. Yeah. Come on, guys. Uh, for me, probably of all time, favourite one is Home Alone 2. Mm. I just, I find the stunts and all that are much better. I prefer... I like how New York looks on camera. Yeah. yeah. And Especially during Christmas. Yeah. The relationship between the pigeon lady is really nice as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, really good, really funny. There's a nice arc of how the... The bandits get back, and of yeah. course they become the sticky bandits in number two, not the web bandits anymore. Because <laughs> Marv wears a glove covered in sellotape and just twitches people and pulls like the hats off and stuff. <laughs> and um, and yeah, Tim uh, Tim Curry's in it. Like I said, I love you. And of course he gets his dad's credit card and lives the high life in a hotel. He meets and, Donald Trump. Yeah, gets a lot of pizza and limousines. Oh. That is the life, isn't it? Two turtle doves. Uh, yeah, that's probably. I'm not really like a big fan of like. Christmas films as a as sure. a whole, but so yeah, Home Alone two is probably number one for me, and then yeah, I'd, yeah, I don't think I could really put a second one there comfortably. All right, fair. And now we go over to Samuel for the first time ever. He will end the podcast with a pick. It's not coming from the blockbuster side. It's not coming from the indie side. It's just coming from Sam's section. Sam's <laughs> section, because I've got like half the room. Um, Merry yeah. Christmas, Sam. This is our gift to you. Oh, yeah. thanks, man. We've, uh, we've so, finally given you a chance to pick a film, <laughs> and I think you're going to pick a corker. Yeah, so, um, like I said, leaning into my favourite Christmas movie, which is also my pick for next week, it's a movie that is fairly controversial in the Christmas film side of things. Uh, it's one of my it's one of my all-time favourite movies of all time. <laughs> and uh, I just know for a fact that it's going to get absolutely slated uh, by Callum and maybe Brad next week, but I don't care. It's my favourite movie... No, not my favorite. It's my one of my favorite movies of all time. You probably know what it is at this point. It is of Iron course. Man Three. Oh, no, it's not Iron Man Three. It's Die Hard. Woo! Yeah, yeah. How many times do you think you've seen Die Hard? Way more than Home Alone. I've wow. seen it once. Um, yeah, way more than Home I've, Alone. I've I've seen it once, mm-hmm. but it was during a lecture. Yeah, at I'm, uni. I'm the same. And if I'm honest, I didn't really watch it, so this is essentially the first time yeah. I've seen it. Well, uh, strap in. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> so yeah, uh, again, thank you for, thank you for listening. Um, I hope hopefully you enjoyed this mo- this episode, a bit more than the Love Actually episode, especially mm. if you're. Well, a fan. I think we're just all depressed. I hope you enjoyed the conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah we might keep that up. Yeah, maybe um, we'll talk about a new conspiracy every week. Every, no, well, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where the wind takes us. We can yeah. we can change up the format. You know, have yeah. different rounds like celebrity juice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Imagine us as celebrities use. Die Hard next week. As Christmas Eve. Right. And a drug tank. And a man said to me, I'd see another one. You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap lousy faggot. Merry Christmas, you asshole. Thank God it's a lot.